This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Please be sure to subscribe and share with friends and family. To help support this ministry, please visit allentempleamec.com slash donate. Thank you for listening. There is certainly a word from the Lord this morning. The scripture previously read to your hearing came from the Gospel of Matthew, the 14th chapter, verses 22 to 33. And I read it again so that we're all on the same page. Immediately afterward, he compelled the disciples to get into the boat and to go ahead of him to the other side while he sent the crowds away. After he had sent the crowds away, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. And when it was evening, he was there alone. But the boat was already a long distance from the land, battered by the waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them, walking on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, it is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, take courage, it is I, do not be afraid. Mm -hmm. Peter responded and said to him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And he said, come. And Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came toward Jesus. But seeing the wind, he became frightened. And when he began to sink, he cried out saying, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and took hold of him and said to him, you of little faith, why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind stopped, and those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, you are truly God's son. This morning, as we reflect on this passage, I have titled this message, The Immediate Response the immediate response. Let us pray. Gracious God, you are our Father. I thank you for yet another opportunity to stand behind this sacred desk and to be your mouthpiece. Holy Spirit, fall fresh upon this preacher now. Please let them see more of Jesus and less of me. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. For, Lord, you are my rock and you are my redeemer. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Some years ago, on a hot summer day in South Florida, a little boy decided to go for a swim in the old swimming hole behind his house. In a hurry to dive into the cool water, he ran out of from the back door, leaving behind his shoes, his socks, and his shirt as he went. He flew into the water, not realizing that as he swam toward the middle of the lake, an alligator was swimming toward the shore. His father, working in the yard, saw the two as they got closer and closer together. In utter fear, he ran toward the water, yelling to his son as loudly as he could, hearing his voice, the little boy became alarmed and made a U-turn to swim to his father. It was too late. Just as he reached his father, the alligator reached him from the dock. The father grabbed his little boy by the arms just as the alligator snatched his legs. 
an incredible tug of war between the two began. The alligator was much more stronger than the father, but the father was much too compassionate and passionate to let go and dug his nails into the little boy's arms. A farmer driving by heard the screams of the child and after retrieving a rifle from his truck, raced to the water's edge and shot the alligator. Remarkably, after weeks in the hospital, the little boy recovered. The local newspaper reporter interviewing the boy after the trauma asked if he would show him his scars. The little boy lifted his pants legs and said, these are the scars from where the alligator tried to pull me under the water. Then he rolled up his shirt sleeves and said, now look at my arms. These are the scars where my father wouldn't let me go. Amen. As I read this story, and did you all wonder at one point that the little boy died, especially when I said the words, it was too late. Mm -hmm. Just as he reached his father, the alligator reached him. Many of you may have thought, as I heard the sighs in the, in the congregation, oh no, the little boy died. But the story continued to let us know he did not die, mm -hmm. but that the immediate response of his father but at a tug of war with the alligator, and a farmer hearing the screams of the little boy also went into immediate response reaction where he shot the alligator. And of course, the best part of the story is when the little boy lifted up his pants leg to the reporter and said, yeah, these are the, the scars where the alligator, you know, tried to pull me under the water. But then he rolled up his sleeves and was like, these are right here, the scars where my father wouldn't let me go. In spite of the trauma the little boy endured and the evident scars he has from the alligator, the scars that meant the most are the scars on his arm where his father passionately didn't let him go. It was the immediate response of a father for his son that will forever be etched in his heart. Mm. Immediate responses in our lives have at times been a matter of wrong or right decisions a matter of direction, left or right, and also immediate responses have often been a matter of life and death. Yes, yes. And today I want us to look at an immediate response that Jesus demonstrated that is very applicable to our lives today. And if you give me a moment, this is a text that has been preached many times. This is a text that talks about Peter's faith, and I am not denying that, because Peter had bold faith. But for a moment, I don't want to look at this text from the perspective of Peter, from the perspective of the storm, or from the perspective of the disciples. I want us to look at this text from the perspective of Jesus Christ. Last week, Pastor Marriott came from the same chapter of Matthew, verses 13 to 21. When he started to preach from the text, Pastor made us aware that Jesus was trying to find a remote place to be alone due to the death of his cousin, John the Baptist. Jesus needed a little rest, a little time alone so that he could grieve. But the crowd heard where he was headed and followed on foot to many times. They interrupted him. And Jesus, because he had so much compassion, even for an unpassionate crowd, he healed their sick. He not only healed the sick, but he performed a miracle by feeding 5,000 plus people 
with simply five loaves and two fish. And Jesus spent all day meeting the needs of others. And now, let's continue that narrative, beginning in verse 22, where he said, immediately he compelled the disciples to get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side. While he sent the crowds away, after he had sent the crowds away, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. It was evening. He was there alone. We see here that Jesus was intentional and adamant about making sure he gets the time he needs to be along with his father in prayer. He made sure the disciples got in the boat and told them, you go over there and I'll meet you over there, and took the crowds and told them, go ahead, goodbye, so that he could go to the mountain to pray and be with his father. Jesus here demonstrates to us with urgency the immediate response of sending folks away so that you can be alone. Mm. He demonstrated the importance of being present in the presence of God. In the midst of all the healing, feeding, and meeting the needs of others, Jesus recognized that there was a need that he needed to be met. And that need can only be met by God the Father. Mm-hmm. So we see in scripture that Jesus often retreated away to be alone. Now, let me ask you this. What does getting away, being alone in prayer do for you? Well, we know that it is an important factor in our relationship with God. Prayer is a conversation between the human and the divine. Yes. And Jesus needed to be, at that time, to be in the presence of the Father so that he could be in conversation. Mm-hmm. Just as we often need it. Oftentimes, you know, people come into the sanctuary on, on, on let's say, a little bit before the service starts, not necessarily because they're ready to sit here and to to just get excited. Sometimes they just want to center their heart to be in the midst, in the presence of a God that can provide them with their peace Mm. that surpasses all understanding. Amen. Amen. The passage continues on to say, but the boat was already a long distance from the land, battered by the waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, it's a ghost. And they cried out in fear, but immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, take courage, it is I, do not be afraid. So the disciples are in this boat and the boat is battered. And in the text, battered means it's like the boat was about to rip apart. It's kind of torn up. And the wind is contrary. And it's set in the fourth watch, which is about 3 a.m. or 4 a.m. in the morning. So remember, Jesus told them to go ahead on the other side, and it was evening. So now it's 3 a.m. The text does not say for how long the wind and the waves were that bad. But it's fair to say The disciples were in there holding on to dear life. Hmm. And I thought to myself, I can only imagine what that must have been like. Hmm. Truthfully, I had to say, Lord, you told, you just performed this miracle here. You told us, go on, go over there, because you needed that time. I get it. But in the time of my storm back and forth, and the wind is just ripping and the wave is battered, Jesus, where are you? 
Jesus, where are you? Yeah. That's many, that's, that is us many times in the storms of life. Mm. Kimberly, where are you, Jesus? Huh. When I need you right now, well. where are you? And then all of a sudden, probably when it got really bad, when they were about to give up, all of a sudden it's dark, and all of a sudden they see a figure. They were like, oh my gosh, it's a ghost. Hmm. Let's be real. Y'all, if you're on a boat, you saw a figure, you'd probably yell and say the same thing and be terrified because it's like, what is this? Mm. And they cried out in fear. But immediately, Jesus spoke to them saying, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Mm. Jesus shows up. And he shows up in a very unlikely way that he's never shown up before to the disciples. Walking on the sea. I was like, mm, all right, Jesus said this is him. It's all right, he shows up, but not what, not what? Because you show up in a way that I've never seen you before. I know what you could do because you fed 5,000 mm -hmm. with five loaves and two bread, but now you're walking on water. <laughs> this brings me to my first point. In Jesus' immediate response, the first thing it demonstrates to us is that Jesus' presence brings us peace. Yes, sir. Yes. Jesus shows up, and the scripture says the disciples thought they saw a ghost because they had never seen anything like it before. And Jesus gives them a reassurance that my presence is here. Yes. And immediately Jesus speaks to them, take courage. Yes. In other words, be brave. It is I. Do not be afraid. The presence of the living God is here. The great I am has showed up. The divine and supernatural power and authority has arrived. The prince of peace yeah. has graced us with his presence. When we go into a conversation as Jesus did earlier in this, in this text, which sets an assurance with his father, there is a peace that comes over us. Yeah. That when the I am is in our midst, hmm. there is a peace that is there. Yes. That is Jesus' presence. That just brings us the peace. Scripture goes on to say, but immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, take courage as I, don't be afraid. Peter <laughs> responded and said to them, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. And he said, come. And Peter got out of the boat and walked to the water and came towards Jesus. But seeing the wind, he became frightened. And when he began to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and took hold of him and said to him, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? And this brings me to my second point. In Jesus' immediate response, the first thing that he demonstrates is that Jesus himself brings us peace but also Jesus meets our needs before addressing our circumstance mm. let me say that again Jesus meets our needs before addressing our circumstance you see when Jesus told them that not only is he here but not to be afraid Jesus addressed their need at that moment he addressed their fear before addressing the cause of their fear. He comforted them at that moment. Jesus will always 
meet us where we are. We are often in troubling situations and circumstances, and Jesus deals with our hearts before he deals with the circumstances that are troubling us. Mm -hmm. Or like the disciples deal with the distress and the fear they were having. How often times do we find ourselves in situations, and, 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 I, and when reading this text, I came to understand fully that, you know, oftentimes when somebody's struggling with something, and, you know, you call them and go, are you all right? How are you doing? And you think you're going to encourage them? And they're like, I don't know what the outcome is going to be, but I know I trust God. Mm. I don't know what the outcome is, but I know I trust God. So not knowing what the outcome is has nothing to do with whether you trust God or not. Not knowing the outcome is not the issue for God at the moment. It is where you are. Amen. Can you have peace yeah. in the midst of your circumstance? Then comes Peter. Oh, Peter. Mr. Peter, who thinks he knows it all, who often speaks before he thinks. And I'm sure that's none of us, for sure. <laughs> he says, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. First of all, let me stop right there. So they're on this boat. The wind is moving, it's a storm, it's early, it's three o'clock in the morning. This figure comes up and it's Jesus. He's like, yo, don't be scared, I'm right. I am, I am the I am is here. That's easy to relate, yo, you got nothing to worry about. And then here comes Peter, if it is you. I was like, yeah. I was like, yo, Peter, you're questioning, you're questioning Christ like that. If it is you, and this is where I think, you know, my pastor often says, Jesus is a gangster. <laughs> so he says, Jesus said, come on, come. And Peter got out of the boat and walked on water and came toward Jesus. But seeing the wind, he became frightened. And when he began to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out with his hand and took hold of him. I don't know if I would have had that much courage or faith in that moment, not only to question Jesus, but to also walk on water. Mm. Let's be honest. Do you realize that Peter demonstrated such bold faith that empowered him to do what is humanly impossible? Mm -hmm. To walk on water. 2018, I went to Israel. I was on a boat in the Sea of Galilee where the disciples were. And I said to my friend, you think if I get out, I can walk on water? <laughs> she said, I don't know if Jesus is going to show up to, you know, to, to help you up, but she could try. But most likely you'll probably drown, you know. Peter exhibited bold faith. Because even though a lot of people want to look down on Peter, because he doubted, I didn't see nobody else on the boat getting out and say, Lord, tell me to come to you, I'm going to come. In that moment, that was the bold face that he exhibited. But the moment he took his eyes off Jesus, or I like to say, or if he finally got, because, you know, Peter likes to, 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 to act, to react before he thinks, he probably realized, oh, I'm walking on water, this is crazy. And 
then the wind came, you know, and he got distracted. Hear this. It says that when he seen the wind, he became frightened and began to sink. Brothers and sisters, Peter got frightened, then he began to sink. Not began to sink, then got frightened. You heard what I said? And when he began to sink is when he cried out, Lord, save me. And that's when Jesus pulled him out. And in this moment, once again, Jesus met the need of his disciple. Peter needed to be saved at that moment. Jesus could have been like, figure it out. Jesus grabbed him up and said, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? You know what Jesus was saying to him? Jesus was saying, you don't have any faith because you must have bold faith to come out, come out here and tell me, to, you know, come to me. But in that moment, you doubted your faith is when you began to sink, when you began, when you took your eyes off of me. Peter is a prime example of what fear can do to our faith. Amen. It's a prime example what fear can do to our faith. That's why Jesus said, why did you doubt? Because he was saying, you didn't have to doubt because you had this thing going. But we serve such a gracious God. Even in our doubts, he will continue to grab us up and give us another opportunity to get it right. Amen. Amen. But what was interesting let me give you a little bit more tidbit that how good, I love this story. I, I've read this so many times, and I, there's a lot I didn't see. But you know what was great about this? As Peter is sinking, he had the power to know who to call upon to save him. He had the power to know who to call on to save him. He called on Jesus in his time of need. Brothers and sisters, the disciples were distressed due to the battered waves and the contrary wind, as mentioned in verse 24. But like I said, did you see when Jesus approached them? He was walking on the water. <laughs> he was walking on the very thing that caused them to have fear. Jesus walked on the very problem that was causing them fear. Jesus walked on the battered waves. Jesus already was showing his supernatural power by walking on the water, but also letting them know that the I am that I am is the one that created the very thing you guys are being distressed about. But Jesus is so mindful of us that he addressed their need, the need of the disciples and also especially Peter before he took care of the circumstances they were facing. And this brings me to my final point. In Jesus' immediate response, the first thing it demonstrates to us is that Jesus' presence brings peace. Yeah. The second thing is that Jesus meets our needs before addressing our circumstances. And the third, Jesus is worthy of our worship. When they got into the boat, verse 32, 
the wind stopped. And those who were in the boat worshiped him saying, you are truly God's son. And I had a little problem with this particular verse. Let me tell you why. Because I'm sitting here saying, all right, Lord, they saw you, you know, heal the sick. They saw you do a miracle of fighting, I mean, um, feeding 5,000 plus people. They saw all of that. But in the boat, they were still fearful, fearful. And you had to do something supernatural. Like, I don't understand. How, how long is it going to take for us to really believe that he is who he says he is? Amen. How long? That's the word. How long? But you know what I thought about? Jesus healed the sick. Jesus fed the 5,000. But isn't it interesting that we really don't know what to believe until we have our own experience with Jesus? Isn't that interesting? We can see what Jesus is doing for somebody else, but until we can have our own experience with Jesus, it changes the narrative in our life. And so I had to think of the fact of, Lord, they've seen you do all of this. Why is this any different? And I said, you know why this is different? I thought to myself, it's different because when you have an encounter with Jesus, it changes things. Amen. But you know what also it does? It increases our faith. It allows us to develop a deeper relationship with Jesus. And it is when Peter and Jesus got into the boat, guess what happened? The wind stopped. So that means this entire time, all of this is happening, not one time did the battered waves stop. Not one time did the wind stop. And when Jesus saved them, they worshiped him. Often we have to spend some time with Jesus in the midst of our circumstances, not knowing how long the circumstance will last, but as long as we lean on Jesus and he is, he is our praise in our presence, we have peace. As long, we, as long as we lean on Jesus, he will meet us where we are. And because of who he is, is the reason we worship him. Yeah. We praise him because of what he's done for us. But we worship him because he is Christ. The divine power, the supernatural. Yeah. That's why yes. we worship him. You see, Peter and the disciples had an unexpected supernatural experience with Jesus. And Peter demonstrated bold faith, which reminds us to keep our eyes on Jesus so that we don't sink in our circumstances and allow fear to interfere with our faith. But let me be very clear, brothers and sisters. The moral of this narrative is not about the storm. The moral of this narrative is not about the disciples. The moral of this narrative is not about Peter. But it is about the supernatural power and divine authority of Jesus Christ. And that is why they worshipped him and said, you are truly God's son. Yeah. For every distraction that tries to sink us fearful circumstances that we encounter, let us remember that each encounter increases our faith, deepens our relationship with Jesus, 
if we recognize the immediate response of Jesus' presence, which brings us peace, and that Jesus will always meet us where we are. And because of knowing who Jesus is, it is why he is worthy to be worshipped. And let me just remind you, when we recognize all of that, we will be that little boy, we'll be like that little boy in the story. As I read it earlier, we will want to testify and tell everybody about how our Father didn't let us go. Amen. 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 Amen.